And this morning we want to talk to you as a family about spiritually special Sabbaths. For those of you that have been to family camps before, you know that one of the great desires that we have in our heart for families, for grandparents, for single parents, whatever position you find yourself in, is that our Sabbaths can become alive in Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ that brings the doctrines of the church alive. We talk about Christ being the center of a meaningful doctrine in our church. Christ must be the living head, the living center of what makes the Sabbath special. But I want to tell you that it's not enough that the Sabbath was made for man. It was, but it's not enough. Just as it's not enough that the gift of salvation has been provided to us, that's not enough. There's something we must do. We must accept and enter into that gift. We must accept and enter into that spiritually special experience with Christ. And that's where we come in, parents. Primarily, I'm going to speak for a moment to the parents. Because I know the young people. I see the young people at these camps. They're desirous of entering in. They're desirous of doing the will of their Heavenly Father. And it's much like the Old Testament closes with turning the hearts of the fathers to the children. Fathers, we need to turn our hearts to our children. We need to turn our hearts. Mothers need to turn your hearts to your children. And you'll find as you do, faithfully turn your hearts, your young people will turn their hearts to you. And so we want to talk today about making Sabbath spiritually special. And so we're going to go through some things from when our children were very young, right on through, things that have brought the Sabbath alive and made them practical in our, in our home. Can you all see this? Something very simple. Something that we did years ago. Actually, this is not our original. We had a Sabbath collage box. It's just a cardboard box. And it was filled with all kind of things like ribbon, little pieces of paper, glue, glue guns, little magnets, all kind of things that you could use to put things together to have a... a a theme that could be an activity for your young people and you as a family together. When we talk about these type of things, this is not something for children. It's something for every one of us. I remember once we had the theme on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And after we discussed it and we had a nature walk, we came back and we all, every one of us sat down at the table and we got out our collage box. It's already there. And you can use anything in that box to create the, the scene that's in your mind of the crucifixion. We had uh, construction paper in there. And it was interesting to see the children create on a piece of construction paper how they saw the crucifixion using different things, colored rocks, pieces of wood, or whatever it was they would glue on there. Those things were so meaningful to us. We, we hung them in our kitchen on the bulletin board, and they hung there for a long time as a reminder that Jesus died for them. 
So this is something, the, the idea of having something pre-prepared ahead of time, this is in our home still, in our closet upstairs in the living room, ready for any time we need to have something to direct the attention of our guests. You know, my, my children at their ages are not sitting necessarily at the table doing this. But it's interesting, even, I'm going to point out a few other things in here. Even where we are now, there's cards in there, cards with envelopes, and they're blank cards, you can see. So sometimes we'll just sit down and write a note of encouragement, or we'll put something special that we've designed on the front of the card, write a note of encouragement, and then Monday it goes out in the mail. Um, the things in here are very simple, very, very inexpensive, and after the meeting today it will be sitting out on the table in the, in the first room we come through where our tape table was, so you can feel free to look through it to see some ideas that are in there. But one of the things that we found interesting, it doesn't take a lot of resources. We went to the printer in town who printed our girls' cookbook and talked to him because he knew we were homeschooling, and he says, well, do you ever need paper, scraps of paper? Because printers have lots of scraps of paper, all colors. And, you know, he cut these for us. These are three-by-fives. And they're all colors, all textures. He cut these for us, you know, in one swipe of the machine. You can have a whole bunch of bookmarkers, nice quality paper. And they're in there just ready for use. There's stickers in here and all kind of things. He's even the one who cut the cards for us. He cut them and he he matched the scraps to the the odd envelopes he had laying around his print shop that he's never going to be able to sell and gave them to us just to use in our home. So... There's all kind of resources out there. There are little construction papers. You know what those are for, children. They're all cut and ready to do what with? Yeah, make a, a chain or whatever else you want to use them for. So we just encourage you with, with about 20 minutes of time and maybe 4 or $5 in expense or maybe a little more than that, you can go and you can put together very simply a collage box that's there in your home ready at all times to make Sabbath really special because you don't have to go think of a great idea or you don't have to go hunt all this stuff up and who, where's the scissors and what did you do with the glue and all that kind of stuff. Everything's here and it's only used in our home on Sabbath. So it's always prepared and ready. How many of you like to get outside? I do. We all enjoy that. Especially when you are indoors most of the week or if you work in an office-type environment, it's always so nice to be able to get outside and do things that are fun. But sometimes the weather doesn't always cooperate, does it? Like today, it's been raining a little bit. So it's nice to have the variety of indoor things and outdoor things. But whenever the weather is conducive, we always enjoy, especially on Sabbath afternoons, going outside into nature and finding out what God has in store there for us. Nature is God's second lesson book, isn't it? And beyond going out and just having a special time outside, the emphasis that we want to draw out this morning is that it can be spiritually special. There's a difference between just having a fun time and bringing that enjoyment into the spiritual realm where it can bring lessons to the heart and we can go throughout the following weeks with those lessons. So whenever we go out into nature, into the out-of-doors, especially on the Sabbath, we like to make it a spiritual time, a time of drawing our minds and our hearts closer to our Creator and the one that created everything out there for us and for our enjoyment. 
And this can be done many, many different ways, but this morning we're going to share with you just a few little things that we have enjoyed doing over the years. And I'm sure that many of you have heard about this first game that we're going to talk about, and that is the blindfold game. How many people have heard about the blindfold game? Quite a few of you. How many of you have done it in your homes? Ah, A few less. (laughs) i got to inject something here. (laughs) Jesus said, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them, right? So what really makes Sabbath spiritually special is doing these activities, not just hearing about them. That's a little like preaching, isn't it? And, you know, the thing is, it doesn't have to be the games that we share with you. We just are sharing with you from what our family has enjoyed things to give you ideas. So you can go home and you can be creative. You can come up with your own things. But these are some very simple things that everyone, it's easy to catch on to and everyone can do it. But anyway, for those of you who don't know how this game goes, we go out on a walk and each of us have a little bag with us or a bucket. And as you walk along, you pull things from nature, little different nature objects, and you put them in there when no one else is watching because you don't want anyone to know what's in there. That's the whole point of the game. And when you come back together, everyone sits in the same room and there's a chair there that someone volunteers to come and sit in and then someone else will volunteer to blindfold them and a third person will take something from what they have gathered and put it in that blindfolded person's hands. The blindfolded person holds their hands out in a cup And then a nature object will put in their hands, and they have to figure it out using all their senses except sight, and we don't usually recommend taste, it can be kind of risky, to figure out what is in their hands. So once, once they have discovered what it is, the blindfold comes off, and then they have the first opportunity to come up with a nature object or a Bible story that comes to their mind where that nature item was used. And then talk about how that, what that means to them practically in their own lives. And after they're finished sharing that, in the small setting of just the family or a couple of families together, everyone in the room has the opportunity to go around and share what they thought of. And then whoever is in the chair gets to choose the next person to come and sit in the chair, and then they'll blindfold them. So we want to make this morning interactive. We want you to participate with us. So we have a chair here. And we have a nature object, and we have a blindfold, and we even have someone to blindfold one of you, but we need to have a volunteer to come up and sit in this chair. Hmm, I have so many to choose from. Why don't you, right here on the front with the red tie, why don't you come up? Okay, can you see? I can just see the ground. Okay, well, you don't want to do that. Shut your eyes. Okay? Because your hands are going to be down here like this. Can you see my hand? Well, I'm shutting my eyes. Oh, good. <laughs> Check it. Okay, well, we're just waiting for Emily now. He has to cup his hands. Okay, put your hands out. There you go. Let's put that down there where the people can hear what you're saying. Okay, I think it's a thorn bush. A thorn bush. You know what kind it is? No. That's good. Well... Sometimes we make the questions really tough, but today I don't know what kind it is either, so I won't make it too tough on you. (laughs) Now do you know what kind it is? No. I don't either. (laughs) So, 
It's an Oklahoma thorn bush. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you, can you think of any Bible story that had thorns in it or any object lesson? Because you see, what's important here is not that you just guessed what it is. Because we're making this a spiritually special experience. You know what that means, don't you? Mm -hmm. We want it to be something that touches all of our hearts and works in our hearts and teaches us a lesson. Okay, so what kind of, what comes to your mind? Think of anything? Um, I don't know if it was necessarily a burning. I mean, not burning. I mean, a thorn bush, but I think it was something like, you know, Moses and the burning bush, I think. Was that okay. a thorn bush? Well, I'm not sure what kind of bush that was either, but that, that's a good story, okay? So, what do you think of when you think of the burning bush? Mm, God's power. God's power. Why do you think God made that bush burn in front of Moses? Um, hmm. Now, let me ask you another question. He's really on the spot here, isn't he? So, so are you. So pray for him. <laughs> so did that bush burn up when the fire started in it? Mm-hmm. Or did it, did it stay there? I thought it burned up. Well, see, you know, one of the things that we want to teach, and we want to take these stories, and we want to make them come alive. The bush burned, but it didn't burn up. Okay. What do you think God might have been teaching in that bush burning, but then the bush was still there when it was done? What did you say? The bush was still there after it burned. The fire went out and the bush mm -hmm. was still there. You remember Shadrach, mm -hmm. Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. Okay. Did they burn up? Nope. <laughs> okay. What is God trying to teach us in that story? Um... <laughs> um. Uh, uh, Does he put us through trials? Mm -hmm. You ever been through a trial? Mm -hmm. Are you in a trial right now? Yeah. Now, I love you, my young friend. I'm right here with you. I've been right where you're sitting before, okay? Except okay, good. In, in, in front of more people than this, too. Okay. Now, does God put you through the trials because he's picking on you? No. Nope. What does he want to happen to us when we go through trials? Well, he said everything works out for good, so. That's right. Okay, yeah. so he wants to burn up the parts of us that are no good, right? Mm -hmm. And when we're all done, what are we going to look like? White as snow. <laughs> yeah, white as snow, as pure gold. We're going to look like Jesus eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe not the same face as Jesus, but we're going to have a character like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So some of these experiences, you know, when Jesus, I was thinking of a, a situation with Jesus having a, a crown of thorns on his head. Mm -hmm. Was that very comfortable? Well, there were a lot bigger thorns. There were a lot bigger thorns, and they poked into his head, didn't mm -hmm. they? Why did Jesus have to wear that crown of thorns? To save us. That's right. Did he love us? Mm-hmm. Does he still love us? Mm -hmm. Does he want to make us all new again? Mm -hmm. That's right. And are we, are we cooperating with him? Sometimes. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. I'm right here with you, okay? 
sometimes. But are you learning that when you cooperate with him, that you're happier than when you do it your own way? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Now, the nice thing about being in this chair is that you get to pick the next person to come and sit here. <laughs> now, today we don't have time to do that, but that's what happens at home, okay? Mm -hmm. So you get to pick the next person, but before you pick the next person, they get to talk about what they learned in this stick, their object lesson. You understand? Mm -hmm. So if you had your, your family and another family over visiting on Sabbath, the, the whole group gets a chance to talk about, well, I thought of a different story. And you see how it directs the conversation? Mm -hmm. So our minds don't wander off on a lot of worldly things or just mm -hmm. normal things. So what do you think about this activity? It's kind of embarrassing. Kind of embarrassing. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's an, a, a good perspective when you're sitting in this chair. Do you think it would be fun, though, to do it at home? Uh, yeah. Okay. And wouldn't it be fun to go out and pick some things that nobody saw what you were putting in your sack? Mm -hmm. Nobody could see it, and you just get them quietly, and then you come home, and you, they try to guess it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we pick pine needles off some of the pine trees. That We have different kinds of pine needles, mm -hmm. and we make them guess what kind of pine tree it came off of. That makes it even harder, doesn't it? So what is your name? Friedrich. Friedrich. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to tell you that I really appreciate your spirit being up here today. Mm -hmm. Amen. You were a very brave boy in the Lord, and you were very honest. God mm -hmm. bless you. Thank you. For all you mothers out there, there's only one thing in our home we don't allow the children to put in the sacks. Anything that creeps or crawls. And that's, that, that gives me comfort to sit in that chair with my eyes blindfolded and my hands in front of me. I trust my my family will honor that request, don't I, dear? I wonder, you know, the thought just occurred to me. I've never had this thought before. But after oh, what Friedrich went through, and he was so brave, I wonder if we're being too easy on the mothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, but we need to treat them kindly, right? That's right. We're going to be talking about that, too. Well, for those of you, especially with young children, I want to encourage you to never underestimate the impressionableness of their minds when they're young and investing time in them you'll never regret. I mean, as my mother had this collage box sitting up here, I just had flashbacks of memories from things that we had done when we were little. And I don't even remember um, being old enough to do everything by myself, but I still remember the lessons that I learned from what we did. And I can, the one that sticks out the most in my mind is when we were talking about heaven. And in our, in our family, the collage box when we were little was like the greatest thing. We couldn't wait to get it out and be able to be creative. And I think children really like glitter, and I know my mother didn't mention that, but glitter's a really fun thing, even though it makes a mess. Let your children use it because it's so much fun. And our, our parents said, well, you know, we've been talking about heaven. Would you like to just take anything in the collage box and use your wildest imagination to make the most beautiful picture you can think of of heaven? And it was so much fun. For like a half hour, our thoughts were on heaven. And we, we used a lot of glitter. Yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> but we had those pictures for so long. And I've never forgotten that memory of when I was so little thinking about heaven. And what an impression it made on my mind as we actually used our hands to be creative in expressing what was in our heart, what we thought heaven would be like. Of course, now I know it'll be way better than I could have ever 
done, but I thought my picture turned out beautiful. <laughs> but it was really interesting because all of us that did it, all of our pictures turned out so different because everybody's mind is different, and they think of heaven in their own world. Something else that um, we view Sabbath for is to grow as a family. And the fruit of the Spirit was one of the topics that we took because we all know that fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, right? Meekness, temperance. But we wanted to make it come a part of our family. And that's one thing I've really appreciated about my parents is that they've taken time to bring it down to our level to make it so real so that it'll become a part of us. And so one Sabbath we decided we were going to start studying the fruit of the Spirit. And this happened to be around Christmas time. And so we decided to get a tree and we were going to have a living example of creating fruit on a tree using the fruits of the Spirit. So being that it was Christmas, we had all these little decorations to hang up. And on them, I don't know if you can see from out there, but there's little labels on the balls with the names of the fruit of the Spirit. And so every morning for family worship, we would study one of the fruits of the Spirit. And then through that day, we would especially focus on working on the first one's love, right? So all day long, we were thinking about how we could exemplify love in our lives to those around us in our family. And if another family member had experienced an extra measure of love from one of us, then at evening family worship, they would share what happened to them that day that was a demonstration of the fruit of the spirit of love. And then that person would get to hang love on the tree. And so our tree only became beautiful and decorated with fruit by exemplifying them in our lives. So we were very motivated by the visual of the tree in our home because it was so barren. And without Jesus in our lives, we are so barren. Without his fruits being manifest in us, we're nothing. So it was very visual for us. Children was very motivating. Our whole family participated in, which was really um, the best when mom and dad get involved too. It makes it so much more motivating for us children. And we saw that we were tuning in to really thinking about how we should act as Christians, and we were tuning in to watching how other people demonstrated the fruits of the Spirit. And the atmosphere in our home was so much better when these fruits were exemplified in our lives. So when we got done with love, and the next one's joy, but that meant that day two we were not just working on joy, but we had love to keep up with us too. So by the time we got to the end of the fruit of the Spirit, we were um, having to keep a lot of things in mind. But the more you keep it with you, the more it becomes a part of your character. The more it's just our natural fruit, what you naturally bear. So when you're trying to make Sabbath spiritually special, one of the greatest blessings is that spiritual special Sabbaths carry you through your whole week. It becomes a part of your life. Sabbath is an opportunity to get closer to God, to grow closer with Him, and not just to have it for the Sabbath, but for it to carry out throughout your whole life, from one Sabbath to another. I just want to say something here. You know, oftentimes we... We're sometimes challenged with gifts that people give our children that aren't to nurture their spiritual character. Have you ever had that happen? And people love to, you know, the relatives, they want to do something nice for you. They want to do something special for your children. So we found it helpful to give suggestions for gifts. And some of the felts that we've used over the years in our home that are visual. It's interesting. We think that these are for children, but you know what? They motivate us as adults as well. They're visual reminders that are present there in our home. So we, after, we didn't have these at the time we did the Fruit of the Spirit 
you know, on the tree. But since then, we have obtained the fruit set, the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a nice visual aid to discuss. You can do one a day, one a week, and then build your fruit and let it be a visible reminder. And and it's incredible, these little things that are in the view of our day-to-day activities, the Holy Spirit uses to bring back to our thoughts when we're getting ready to say something that is unkind or unloving. So I just wanted to mention that to you, that these types of of visual aids are very um, motivating to all of us in the family. You can see just from these little simple illustrations, which we're, we're obviously not having time to expand as we would. If we just stayed with the blindfold activity, we could do that for an hour. Well, I'll do it for a lot longer with this group. But you can, see, you can see that these things not only keep the mind focused, which is one of the difficulties that we all face, if we're honest. You can't go through the week with all the things you do in the week and then come up to Sabbath and come to a screeching halt without having to really deal with the Lord through the week and then into the Sabbath, allowing our thoughts to be kept and directed, especially for young people, to keep the thoughts directed. So we really want to encourage you to get involved in these activities because not only does it make the Sabbath special, but the the greatest blessing that we have experienced in our family is that it binds the hearts inseparably. Parents to children. Family to the Lord. It's, it's a binding of the hearts that is, that is the deeper message here. So we want to go into another activity that's going to require three volunteers. And I am delighted to still see the enthusiasm of the volunteers. <laughs> now, there's qualification on these volunteers. I need one volunteer that's seven or eight years old. Seven or eight years old? Come. All right, you come right up here with us. I need one volunteer. Oh, I thought it was okay. Yes, I need I need one volunteer that's a teenager. Okay? All the way in the back there. The one that's holding his hand the highest. There we go. Okay. Don't even pay attention to any of those sounds. Okay, good. Those are comforting sounds then. And I need one adult. Where are the one hands? adult. Come on, where are the hands of the adults? Okay, very brave adult back here. This is the adults have all had experience, and so they keep their hands down. <laughs> By this time in life, they know they don't want to volunteer for these things. <laughs> Thank you for being willing to volunteer. Okay. All right. Now, the theme that we are going to be sharing in this little illustration is one that we had in our home. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Can you see these little things? These are little, little markers, bookmarks that were handmade for this activity, for this special Sabbath. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Who do you think of when you hear those words? Samuel. Samuel. See, we all know that. But now we want to make Samuel's life come alive for our family, right? So we're going to start with our 8-year-old, right? 
Eight-year-old. She's got them in there already. You've got, okay. You reach in and pick one out. All right. And I'm going to read it, okay? I'm going to read this to you. Now, oh, there's two of them here. Okay. Now, when I read this to you, you're going to be thinking about what the Lord says to you. Like he said to Samuel. Did he tell Samuel what to do? Yes, that's good. Does he want to tell us what to do? Okay, so I'm going to read this to you. and You think what the Lord is telling you to do in this situation. Are you ready? You have just finished your last school lesson. You're putting your books away. And mother says to you, I would like you to do some extra practice in reading today. What will you say? Sure. <laughs> Where's his mother? <laughs> now, should we have mother come up and share with us? <laughs> now, thank you. Is that what the Lord would have you to say? That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. Now, is that what you always say? Sometimes. Okay, thank you. Now, we all understand that, don't we? Okay? But what we're trying to teach is this is what the Lord would have us to say, and it's not enough for us to just say it. How do we get the power to do it? By um, praying and reading the Bible. Yes. Okay. So now you've prayed in the morning, you've read your Bible, and you're in school, and how do you get the power now when you're in the choice? You have a choice to make. Where does the power come from? God. Okay. Does it just come automatically? You have to choose. You have to choose. Very good. It sounds like you've had some very good experience in this. <laughs> do you always choose right? Not always. Humans aren't perfect, so only God is. Do you think we'll come to the place where we'll always be willing to do what God wants us to do? In heaven. Well, I think we need to be, we need to be willing to be making those choices every time here. Do you think Daniel always did what God wanted him to do? Yes. How about Elijah? Yes. Enoch? Yes. Yes. They all learned it, didn't they? They learned. They learned through their difficulties and their, when self was crossed. But that's very good, and it sounds like you've had some good experience. That makes your mother happy, right? Amen. Okay, thank you very much. You can go back to your seat. So, who do we have next? We have our little, our youth. Okay. All right. Mother says, Please wear your jacket when you go outside. <laughs> Why is everybody so interested in this? <laughs> but you think it's warm enough without my jacket. What will you say to your mother, your dear mother? talk about my mom <laughs> go ahead uh, typically I'd probably say mom didn't you say that now since I'm 18 I can make that choice for myself <laughs> she'd be like yeah but you still need to wear a jacket so I'm encouraging you to wear it so I'd probably go put it on amen now you said you'd probably go put it on did you say that for the people or because that's really what you'd probably, probably do that's really what I'd probably do very good 
We got a good group up here today so far. <laughs> so, is this mother? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that would have really been interesting. She, she just has a lot to live up to now okay. that you said that. Okay. So, how many teenagers do we have out here today? Raise your hand. Isn't that wonderful? Look back here, people. Everybody up here, look at how many teenagers we have. This is an army for the Lord, if we're on the Lord's side. And this is how we decide whether we're on the Lord's side, okay? How old are you? Eighteen. Eighteen, okay. Does he still need to honor his mother at 18 years old, or does that, is there something that's written where it just cuts off at 18? What do you think? You still need to honor your mother and father? Mm -hmm. Okay. How many of you think that he's right when he says he still needs to honor his mother and father after 18? How about 21? Oh, good. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, tell us, yes. Matthew. Matthew. Thank you, you, Matthew. All right. Go go ahead. This mother wants to say something. (laughs) It's interesting that when we know, we know what we should do, right? You know, that the first two responses, because we know what's right. Because how do we know that? The Spirit is speaking to us, just like he did to Samuel, just like the Lord spoke to Samuel. But if we didn't have the prep of, you know, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth, and how would you respond with that? Our first inclination is often to respond, it's, it's hot outside, I don't need one, or... Oh, Mom, do I really have to read it now? So these activities on a Sabbath begin to tune our minds, our young people's minds, into we're not always, we shouldn't always be so quick to give our first response, but rather be quick to hear what saith my Lord first and then respond. And that's what, that's how this Sabbath became such a highlight in our home because we realize that we're just all responding what comes first, which is usually our natural carnal inclination so by this when we recognize speak lord before we answer the answers that came were christian answer were christ-like responses and so this you know what we're showing today is something that has made a powerful difference in our home thank you dear Well, actually, uh, everybody that was involved in this activity that day got one of these as a reminder of those good answers that they gave. <laughs> you, you see these things, and it's really amazing. We'll, we'll give one to the youngest group at every camp meeting, but if we did it to everybody, mother would, and the girls would have to be home making a lot of bookmarkers. So <laughs> we'll get you one after the meeting. Okay. And what is our mother's name up here? Are you a mother or... Okay, but you're an adult, because you came on the adult call. Okay. Are you a wife? No. Okay. All right. Well, this will be a good question for you then. I didn't pick it, but it's the one that you gave me. Okay. Your alarm clock rings off. It's time to get up. But you feel so tired. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. What will you do? 
Surely, Lord, I don't have to get up and exercise this morning, do I? <laughs> okay. Hit snooze once. <laughs> Hit snooze once. How long is your snooze? Five minutes. Five minutes. Then what happens? Then I get out of bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's pretty good if you only hit snooze once. <laughs> so that's really what happens. That's really what happens. Good. We've had a good group up here today. So do you think that's how everybody out here responds? No. Okay. Because <laughs> that's not how you always responded. No. Okay. Do you ever get up without hitting a snooze? Yes. you ever get up before the alarm rings off? Yes, and those are some of the best mornings because I know the Lord's woken me up. Amen. And I spend extra time with him, and it turns into a wonderful day. Amen. Amen. So, is it safe to say that you've learned that whenever you follow the prompting of the Lord in these simple situations, it's always the right way? It's always the right way without fail, and I receive such a blessing from it. Amen. So is that an encouragement to all of us? Thank you. I showed you these little scraps of paper, right, earlier? Well, I want to show you what we did just a couple of years ago to turn these into a very special Sabbath that was a a spiritual highlight in our family. We had a family visiting us. It was springtime, and our theme for the Sabbath was new life. So one of the things that we did with this other family, they had younger children than ours. Their children ranged from about 2 to 8 years old. But every one of us had a discussion on new life. And we started asking the question, what, are the, what things in the Bible are going to be new? What does the Bible say is going to be made new? So we started searching the scriptures, and we found, you know, some people had things on the top of their tongue, and other people went and looked it up and shared what they found. We're going to have a new what? A world, a new earth is going to be made. What else? A new life, a new, new body, but a new heart. The Bible says, I will give you a new heart. A new heart, that's the character. New spirit, a new name. Did I hear that? New name. These are all new things God is going to do for us. And springtime is a time of year, especially in Montana, where the seasons are very well defined. And by the time winter's over in Montana, we're ready for spring. So that, that we use the, the season to launch us into having direction for that Sabbath in a theme. So I went around, uh, what I did is I went to our computer and I looked for things on the computer. You know, they have those little graphic areas. Art. Clip art. Clip art, thank you. I'm not really a computer person. I found these little... Maybe I had Emily find them, and I picked the pictures. That's I'm probably sure what I'm, that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked on, through those pictures, and I printed off anything I knew that we could find in our area that, that, was il, um, that illustrated new life or springtime. And then I printed those off on sheets, and we cut them up in little sections. And then, after we had our discussion... Everybody was given their little pile of pictures to find out in the yard. So everybody knew in this area what they were looking for. A flower. There's a butterfly. I don't have time to show you. Even a frog. I wasn't too much looking for him, but I knew we had one by the pond. 
some little berries, and so forth. And so what we did on our nature hunt, because we turned it into a nature hunt, we're looking for things of new life. And when anybody found something, they would then um, take that picture that they had found and they would put it in a separate stack because we were going to create a book, these little books. And then when we came back in, and we found everything but one, and I had actually put a picture of a fawn because a lot of times that time of year, spring for us is June, by the way, so early June, we often will see newborn fawns. But that Sabbath, unfortunately, we didn't get to find one in our yard. So um, we came back in the house, and all of us sat at the table. The daddies were there, the mothers, the children, even the two-year-old made a book with help. And we put these little books together, and on each page, and these will again will be in the back, we would write the verse, here's a new commandment I will give you, where it's found, and we would we would glue on the little pictures of what was new, of the things we had seen. Recently, we visited this family who spent the Sabbath with us two years before. And the first thing the little boy said to me when I got in their home, the very first thing he said was, TLA, let me show you something. And he ran in his room and he brought this book out. He had had it for almost two years. It made such an impression. Now, we still have ours, too. (laughs) Some of us do, anyway. Um, It made an impression on his heart. That was a very spiritually special Sabbath for all of us. And the whole afternoon was focused on the new person that God would make us, a new heart through the new spirit, through his new commandment. He's going to make it us new. He's going to give us a new home in the new earth, and he's going to give us a new name. And so that was a very special Sabbath. So we encourage you, you can take something as basic as scrap paper and have an entire afternoon focused with a theme and build it together very, very simply. Well, I can remember when we were a lot younger, one of my very favorite things were felts. And I have to admit that I'm not as intrigued by felts now as I used to be. But there's quite a few little children out here, and I'm sure, I know these two right here on the front row really like felts. Isn't that right, Hannah and Caleb? In fact, Hannah was asking me this morning, what are you going to do with those felts? She was all excited, so you have to come to Sabbath school so you can find out. Children of the world. This is just another felt set that we had, and these are felts of little children from different countries all around the world. And you know, even doing something with felts like this, we made an activity um, each week. Did we do it each week? We would take a different one? Yes. Each week we would take, okay, whatever it was. You can do whatever you want to do in your family, but I guess every other day we took a different child from different countries, and we would find out how these children grew up in their countries, what kind of education they had, how they ate, where they lived. We had a, a world map so we could look on the map and find out where they lived. We looked into what their climate was like and what kind of, I mean, if they rode bicycles or if they had cars or different things about how they lived. And then to make it even more exciting and more fun, we would enter into, as much as possible, their kind of environment for the day in our home. That means we would eat the kind of food that they ate. We would um, do different things that we read that they did. And, you know, we ate a lot of rice 
That's one thing we found out. A lot of places in the world eat rice. (laughs) I'm not sure if I remember that well. (laughs) All the different countries. But it was so much fun. We enjoyed it thoroughly. And one of the things that I think really stuck out in our minds is we are very blessed here in this country. We are so blessed. We have so much. We are spoiled, aren't we? And we really don't know what it means to sacrifice for the good of others. And so we were able to, our parents helped us realize a lot of other people in other places in the world don't have what we have. And it really opened our eyes a lot. Some of these children, they barely, they don't even know if they're going to have enough food for the next meal. They might have to walk for three miles to go to church and three miles home. They might not have any shoes. They may only have one or two pairs of clothes. Do you see what I'm saying? And so it really helped us to understand and enter into, in a more practical way, what other people go through in the world. And that created a desire in our hearts, even very early on, to reach out to other people. Not just in other countries, because that's fun, but right within our own community. There are people in this country that don't have what we have. And so it helped us to have that desire to want to reach out to those that are less fortunate than us. Have any of you ever read the story of the parable of the talents? Children, do you know the story of the talents? Okay, some of you do. Well, what do those talents represent? Money, or is it something else? Blessings? Yeah, maybe some gift that God's given you. Natural abilities. The ability to speak is a talent, right? Time is a talent. Our influence is a talent. And as we studied the parable of the talents, we found out that there was a lot more than just uh, money being talents, even though that was the illustration used in the Bible. But there's something very interesting when you look at that. The people that used their talents wisely and invested, and they got more back, right? And the one that buried his talent, hid it. What happened to him? Got taken away, right? So we thought, well, how are we going to make this come alive in our family? Because we want to use our talents wisely. So we did a study. Each week we studied a different talent. And there's, we found out there's at least 14 different talents that is found in Christ Object Lessons describing or filling out the parable. And so we went, took us 14 weeks to go through it. And we went through each one, one a week. And then Mother made up a bunch of little papers, and this is the box she made up, because talents are a gift from God, right? So it went inside a little gift box, which is actually a shoebox covered up with wrapping paper, I think. You can tell it was a long time ago, because this is the original box, and look how small the shoebox was. (laughs) And so the first one I think we studied studied about was the talent of time. So she just got scrap paper, kind of like this. And she wrote down a certain number of minutes on the paper. Well, we were already living on a schedule, and so we had certain times that we had to be doing our homeschool, and sometimes when it was meal time and play time and work time and all the rest of it. But there's still little moments here and there that if we were a wise steward of our talents, we would make use of. So she put um, different amount allotments of time. Like this paper says, the talent of time, 13 minutes, how will you use it? So then we would stick it in our pocket, and we would have to um, try to spend at least 13 minutes doing something that wasn't what we were going to be doing, but that could be useful instead of wasting the time. 
And in the morning for family worship, during family worship, the, we would all read our little papers of the talents that we had drawn out of the box in the morning. And our parents would take pennies and use them for talents. Okay, so if it was 13 minutes, we would get 13 pennies in the morning. Now we have our talents, right? Well, we didn't just get to stuff the money in our pocket and keep it, because what if we didn't improve our talent? What happened to the guy that buried his talent? Got taken away. So evening worship came around, and again, we children had to pull out our papers and read the amount of time that we had on them and share with the family what we did to improve the time. What if we forgot? Because that happens sometimes. All the pennies that we had, and this one that I read to you was 13 minutes, all of those got taken away. So you can see how the lesson became really vivid in our minds as little children. We started understanding the importance of using our talents wisely. Well, we got to week two, and then we... If we improve the talent, got doubled. That's right. If we... I left out one part. If we did use that 13 minutes wisely, and we could share what we did with it, then we would get another 13 pennies. So it was doubled, just like in the Bible. Those who had improved their talents at least got them doubled. So then next week, the next week we studied another talent. And so in the morning we would have to draw two papers. And I think maybe should we have somebody come up with this one? Yeah, if they want to. If there's a couple children that want to come up, you can draw talents and we can do it with you. Okay, do you want to come? And one from this side. You can come up. Do you want to read what you got? Yeah. Look for something to do today that is no one's designated job and do it for the family because it needs to be done 12 talents. Okay, so do you have any idea what you could do if you drew that out in the morning? Can you think of something that's not really your job that you could do to help somebody else? Um, like, if my brother was still around, I could ask him if I could feed his pet. Okay, feed the pet for your brother. That's a good idea. So in the morning, if you drew that, then that means that sometime during the day you would have to look for something that you could do for someone else that wasn't your job, that no one told you to do, and then you would be given 12 pennies. And I don't have enough pennies to give to both of you, but (laughs) just for illustration, I'll give you some pennies. (laughs) And then at evening worship, then your parents would ask you, so what did you draw this morning? And you would reread that, and then you would tell the story of what you did that day to improve that talent. And if you had improved it, then you would get that many more pennies. And actually, we had a limit kind of on the amount of pennies that you could get um, for each paper that you drew. There was never more than 15 to any one thing. But if something's really easy, you know that your children wouldn't have any problem doing it, then don't give them 15 pennies to motivate them to do it. Maybe make it one or two because it's not something so difficult. But like this one, Mother put 12 talents on it because she knew that we were struggling in that area of doing stuff without being told. So it was a little motivation um, to work a little harder at it, and we got a little more, uh, more talents for it. Thank you for your help. Thank you. What will be your influence today in your confidence? Oh, countenance, expressions, and gestures, three talents. So can you, do you know what it means by your countenance and expression using that? Okay, so do you think that you have an influence by the way you look, or do you have to actually say something and do something in order to have an influence on someone? Yeah, you, 
Your expressions tell a lot, sometimes more than words. And it, sometimes if you, just, if you just smile, it does more than saying something. That's right. So what happens if you're not very happy? Your face isn't showing. That's right. And what kind of influence does that have in the family? The rest of the family isn't very happy. Mm-hmm. So influence doesn't just mean that, you know, the things that we say to influence someone or the kind of um, actions that we have, but even the looks on our countenance can affect the people around us. Yeah. So we wanted, So when we drew this, drew this paper in the morning, we were a lot more conscious about the kind of expressions that we had on our face because this one, you can't just do one thing and then get your talents. You have to actually be all day without having a negative influence on your countenance. Amen. So that meant that, you know, it kind of was in your forethought of your mind all the time because if any one of your family members ever caught an expression that wasn't very good that evening in family worship, they could say, well, I, you know, you sure didn't have a very good expression when I asked you to do this for me. And then there went the talents just that quick because it obviously, um, our influence wasn't positive. So the same with a good influence, you know, it's pretty exciting when you come to the end of a day and your family says that, you know, the look, the, even the expre- down to the expressions on your face, you were an encouragement to them all day long. And that's the way it really should be. But by doing something like this, it helps to put it in our minds all the time. So you can imagine by the end of 14 weeks drawing 14 papers every morning, you had a lot of things to keep on your mind. Um, but it really helped our family to grow spiritually and to encourage one another in improving all of our talents. Thank you for your help. Thank you for coming out. Thank you. The last activity we want to do, we need one family, an entire family, to volunteer to come forward for our last activity. A family, not an individual. Okay? The Ketz family has kindly volunteered. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, Andrew volunteered to And uh, Lori's having a good countenance, right? <laughs> All right. We appreciate that. <laughs> okay. In this last activity we call uh, What's Missing? Okay? And so... In this activity, and, and I think uh, I'll just briefly explain it, we're going to give them one minute to look at the items that are on this tray right here. Maybe so, 30 seconds since they're Yeah, 30 seconds is good. Go ahead and do that now while I explain it. Time it. Okay? okay? All right, so they have 30 seconds, since they're an older group, to look at the things that are on this tray, and then it's going to be closed... After 30 seconds, beginning now, they have 30 seconds to identify every object. The purpose of this game is what's been taken out? What is no longer there? Because when this is covered up and it's reopened again, they're going to have to identify what's been missing. Okay? So let us know when 30 seconds is up. It's not up yet. <laughs> Okay. They've got a plan here. They're all working together as a family to make sure they don't miss anything on here. Okay, so now they have it all in their minds. And um, something's going to be missing when you see these again. And then when you're finished figuring out what's missing, then one of you will have the opportunity of sharing the lesson in this for all of us. How's that sound? That would be the violin too. That would be... 
That would be the, the one that raised his hand. <laughs> the family volunteer. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Remember now, something's missing. They've been rearranged. The bark and the bark are still on the tray. Okay. Okay, they've identified what's missing. Were they right? Yeah. Okay. There it is. All right, now, who would like to give an object lesson that, that would spiritually stimulate the rest of us about what you've learned from this? While you're on the, <laughs> Everyone's looking at Andrew to volunteer. <laughs> Yeah, whoever's going to volunteer here uses the mic. <laughs> you see family dynamics in action here, don't you? Okay, so you be thinking out there. What is the lesson in this? Okay, so the object that's missing is the uh, holly leaf. The object that was missing was a holly leaf. And what I would take from that is the way that Christ in our life can remove thorns from us. Okay, very good. Did you hear that? No. The holly leaves. Go ahead. Just There was a holly leaf that was missing. And what I would draw from that is the way that Christ can relieve the thorns in our lives. Amen. He can take away the thorns in our lives. Can he do that? Does he want to do it? Do we sometimes hold on to them? Strange as it seems, we often do hold on. Well, thank you for volunteering to come up here and participate with us. Does it sound like these are some activities that would bring enjoyment and make the day special? All right. Thank you. You can go back to your seats. Didn't you enjoy the... the, uh, Yes, Emily, go ahead. I just had one more thought that... You know, we've done this numerous times in our family, and one time... Because it doesn't always have to be an, an object lesson about the item or about the one that was removed. But someone said one time, you know, if we would study our Bibles as carefully as we study those little nature objects right there, do you think we would know what's in the Word of God? Do you think we would know when someone, like, you remember when the devil came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness? And he gave him his first temptation and Christ came back with him, at him with Scripture, Right? And the devil thought, that's it. That's a good... Do you think the devil knows this word? Better than any one of us, I'm sure. So he thought, that's a great idea. He came back with Christ using scripture, but he left a little part of it out. Do you remember that? Who can tell me what part he left out? To keep thee in all thy ways. And that was the most important part of that verse. That's the part that tells us that the Lord will keep us as long as we are within his will. And so he left that part out. Was Jesus deceived? No, he wasn't deceived even for an instant because he knew what God's word said. And we need to be studying God's word so that if something is taken away from it or something is added to it, we will be able to pick up on that and will not be deceived. So we want to encourage you in closing. Make the Sabbath a spiritually special day. Will it require some commitment? Yes. Will it require some planning? Will it require some family communication? 
All those things are good. They draw our hearts together. One of the things our family has enjoyed doing over the years is singing together. That has made our Sabbath very special as well. And we'd like to close with Isaiah 58, 13 and 14, if you'd like to follow along. Turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable and shalt honor him, not doing thine own way nor finding thine own pleasures, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Isaiah 58, 13, 14. Can we kneel together as we close in prayer? Our gracious Father in heaven, we know that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We thank you for giving this to us. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to live it to the fullest, that the Sabbath might truly be a blessing, a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable that our families might be drawn close to one another and close to you, that the Sabbath day might be a day that is spiritually special. And we know that can only happen when we allow you to be special to us, when we allow you to have control of our lives, and when we're willing to do our first work within our own homes first and then to the world. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.